Hello and welcome to another episode of Connecting the Dots. I'm Jake Lancaster, an internal medicine physician and the chief medical information officer for the Baptist system. And we are finishing our series on the four-step improvement kata today. And I'm very excited to have on Kilo Schwartz to talk about step number four, experimenting towards the target condition. Tilo, welcome to the podcast. Thank you, Dick. Good to see you. So can you just, as, to start us off, tell the audience a little bit about your background and what you do? So I'm from Germany. Uh, I'm a CATA coach and a management trainer. Uh, I've been working for 10 years for a power tool manufacturer. I was the plant manager there. That's where I got to know about Toyota Cata. Uh, basically, me and my team were part of uh, Mike's research um, at the beginning when it wasn't yet called Cata, no books. Uh, so what I'm hoping to share today is a couple of uh, learnings we had since then in the past 12, 13 uh, years practicing uh, Toyota Cata. Yeah, I know. So very excited to have this conversation today. We, we spoke a little bit um, about the topic before we started recording. Um, and just to you know, refresh the audience, we've we've talked about um, you know the four steps in the improvement kata, understanding the challenge, grasping the current condition, and establishing the next target condition. If you haven't listened to those, be sure to go back and, and listen um, prior to this one. But today we're going to be talking about experimenting concept, experimenting towards the next target condition. So just. Uh, you know, in a philosophical way, tell us what we're what are we talking about when we talk about experiments? So uh, to build on what you just said, so I think one one thing uh, the audience um, should be aware of is that within the four steps of the improvement kata, there's the first three steps, which we sometimes call the planning phase. Uh, so it's basically we're preparing for experimenting and then Step four, experimenting builds on that. So we have to understand so direction first. Everything we have we've to... done so far with the series, you know, it's just been planning for you. So you're the big finale. Uh, so, uh, <laughs> Jake, I wasn't building up for that. Uh, but I'm just saying because there's sometimes uh, a bit of a misunderstanding sure. that. So basically, we have to understand direction first, grasp current condition, establish a target condition. That's the planning phase. And then we start experimenting, finding our way towards the next very question is through this unknown zone. And um, with your question, we can take it a bit further. So because I think the fascinating thing about experimenting is that it is beyond just the fourth, the fourth step of the improvement kata. This is how we learn it, or it's, it's a way of learning, a more experimental way of finding our, our path. Uh, but going by experiment in a way you could say is at the core of scientific thinking. It's going by experiment. Test your hypothesis, uh, learn from what reality tells you, and then adapt accordingly. Uh, and in, in that sense, it's also at the core of, you could say, an agile way of doing things, if an organization is into that. And it's certainly at the core of PDCA, right? If it's done and understood in the right way, we can always do it mechanistic and then it won't help. But uh, you plan, you do, you study, then you learn from what you said and then you adapt accordingly and, and so forth. So in a way you could say experimenting is a, a meta skill, uh, a very powerful meta skill, very necessary, very timely, very helpful in the world we're living in right now, what we're experiencing. And it's also a mindset. Say, hey, uh, it's, don't be so sure. 
every step is, is is an experiment. Learn from that and adapt. There's nothing to it. Nobody knows the future. Uh, so that can be very powerful, very relieving. No, I think that's really good. And I'd like for you to comment maybe a little bit on the difference between experimenting and implementing. You know, a lot of what mm. we do, I feel like in healthcare is, you know, we have a, a, a challenge, we have a desired uh, target condition, and we go and, and implement something that we think is going to improve that current condition. Um, but that's a different mindset than experimenting. So can you comment exactly. on the difference? Yeah, so so I like how you phrase it. It's a mindset. And uh, I mean, there's the, the interesting part behind that is why are we so implementation oriented? Is that maybe source a source of safety, a feeling of safety? Uh, but but to be more specific on the mindset, you could say like before and after implementation, experimenting, um, and you can think of very specific situations with your team. Okay, so somebody uh, brings up an idea on what to do, and then an implementation mindset would be thinking, well, is this the right solution, or why is this the wrong solution? Because I have a better idea. Okay, so is this the right solution? Towards or compared to that, we're in more experimenting mindset would say, okay, I hear your idea. Cool. How can we test it? Yeah. Um, then that's kind of you could say before the experiment, and then also after the experiment. Uh, so imagine somebody in your team does something, comes back, reports, and then. A, a implementation mindset would ask the question, so did it work? Whereas a experimenting mindset would say, oh, cool. So you did your step. What did you learn? Yeah. Right. Or if you are or you could think of different situations. So the person does the step and it didn't work. OK, as expected. And then an implementation mindset would be thinking, oh, no, it failed. OK, uh, whereas an experimenting mindset would be more this, you know, Mr. Spock approach. Fascinating. <laughs> Fascinating. That's not what I expected. OK, so what can we learn? OK, um, or even worse, implementation mindset. Imagine the step worked. Then the classic implementation mindset manager would say, OK, it worked. Drop and forget. Case closed. What's next? Right. No. And we, we, we didn't learn anything. And we assume it worked. Is it sustainable? Maybe not. We don't know, but we've implemented the step. So I think that is in a, on a bigger picture. This mindset change is what we're talking about when we talk about step four of the improvement kata. No, that's, that's very helpful. Um, and, and you're right. We, we are very implementation focused. Uh, we, we never call it experiment when we're going to go do something or pilot something at a, at a new unit or facility in healthcare. It's always it always seems to be implement. Go ahead. Just, just does that trigger something? And maybe a good question in the team could be, why don't we call it experiment? And maybe one of the reasons is that sometimes we feel in some situations, we feel uncomfortable with the word experimenting. OK, so um, so I'm, I'm not. I'm not working in healthcare. I'm not a healthcare expert, okay? So, but I could imagine if I was the patient being rolled into the operating room and uh, yeah. they were talking about experiments, you go like, oh, no, wait, 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 wait. What are you going to experiment on me, okay? So that's just black and white. But I think one language sometimes uh, provides an obstacle or a hurdle uh, because we have uh, unspoken associations with it. And one might be if we experiment, 
um, we don't know what we're doing. Uh, it's risky. Okay? And I think this is a very important point because one of the misconceptions I've experienced uh, with people is that we say experimenting, but everybody's thinking about trial and error. You know, this kid's sandbox, we're trying something out. Well, this is not what we're talking about. Experimenting is not laissez-faire. Okay, so basically you could say the deal is, A, a scientific way of experimenting is always towards the target condition. That's what you talked about in the last episode. And even more specific, an experiment is always against an obstacle. Okay, and we have a hypothesis and we've analyzed the obstacle. So it's not try and error, it's not anything goes. Um, and in my experience, it's important to address that, to speak about that. What do we mean when we say experimenting? Because otherwise, otherwise people have that fear of, hey, we don't really know what we're doing. No, that's really good. Uh, you know, we actually, I had a pilot uh, this summer, which had, it was a virtual scribe for, for some of our physicians that listened to the patient and the physician and uh, wrote the note for the physician uh, based on the encounter. But, you know, on our consent form, one of our physicians was giving to the patient. It said, you know, I'm trying this experimental technology. We and the lawyers looked at that and said, well, let's not say experiments. <laughs> let's, uh, let's choose a different word in order to describe it um, because of that very uh, concern you were just talking about where we, we might not want to, to say that in a patient care context, even if it really is what we're doing. Yeah, and I mean, there's, I think this all goes back to this misconception of that the word experimenting somehow is sometimes connected in our mind with, hey, we're trying stuff, okay? And this yeah. is too risky. Um, still, I think rather than changing the word, it's maybe good to, you know, address it head on and talk about it. And I mean, there's, it, it just comes to mind, there's this interest it was a speech at Kentucky University by uh, Mikio Kitano. I think it was in the 90s. He was president of Toyota Motor Manufacturing North America. And he, he kind of made this intriguing statement, said, um, do you know what the secret is, the mysterious secret of Toyota production system is? And he said, it's common sense. Okay. And he said, you probably heard that from your parents and educators. And the common sense is the basic principle of TPS, do it right the first time, okay? So now you know everything, end of my speech, okay? And then he goes like, but, but seriously, how can you do it right the first time? And he said, do it right the first time is only possible through one by one confirmation. From the smallest detail through the most complex scope strategy of your company. And then he said, okay, so now you know it all, that's what it is, step by step confirmation. I think that is, spot on what experimenting is you go like you you know it's it's within a a framework it's not like just try it and see and and another thing i think is important here experimenting an experimental approach an experimental approach needs a coach mm -hmm. so like so many other things um jeff liker at, at one, one time said um at toyota there's never the tool without the coach and I think that is the same with experimenting. We shouldn't separate experimenting from, you know, being coached uh, because this is how the thinking comes in. Otherwise, it's you could say, yeah, we can fill out the storyboard. We can fill out the experimenting record. Uh, you can do that on your own. Uh, but then the scientific thinking is not in. Then experimenting can be very risky. 
So I think it's important to understand that experimenting should be connected with coaching. And, no, uh, I think it's a good point. And uh, let's maybe define a few of those terms that you just mentioned. Can you mm -hmm. tell us about the storyboard and the uh, experimenting record for the audience? Okay, so um, I imagine the storyboard has been mentioned in one of the past three episodes you've, episodes you've listened to. So the storyboard is an artifact um, that is used when practicing Tudakata. Um, it's a Stardakata. So basically, it's something you use in the beginning, especially to actually help both the the improver. Most you probably call it call him the learner uh, to help the improver um, to work in a more scientific way on the storyboard. So there's the target condition on the storyboard. Uh, there's the challenge at the top. There's this target condition. There's current condition, and there's the experimenting record in the obstacle parking lot. Um, more terms to explain here. Um, so, but you could think of it as a structured, large size um, display of the four steps of the improvement kata in a way, or the components in there. So, challenge, target condition, current condition, and then the experiments you're running. And this also helps the coach to understand better how the person you're coaching is thinking because it visualizes. Uh, what the person is explaining, uh, so it helps you to see the logic, uh, the logic connections. Uh, there's a nice YouTube video on that, by the way. So that's the storyboard. It's a starter kata for helping for for practicing improvement kata, um, and also for helping the coach to see the thinking, um, the thinking patterns with the person that the coach is coaching. And then tell us about the experimental record. Um, what goes on in that? Why is that important? So the experimenting record, basically you write down, and this goes back to this mindset thing I said in the beginning, so the before and the after, so before the experiment and after the experiment. So in a way, simplified, you could think of the experimenting record of a square sheet of paper with a, uh, with a vertical line in the middle. Okay, so then on the left side of the page of the line, you write down, uh, this is what I want to do. This is my hypothesis. So this is my step. This is what I expect. And of course, you have the obstacle on there against which you're experimenting. And then this middle line, this, this vertical line is basically the experiment. You do the experiment in this. That's the time you do it. And then on the right side, you come back and write down, oh, so what did really happen? And what did I learn? Um, now, why is it important to uh, write that down? So there's two reasons. One is before and one is after. So before, it's important to write down what your hypothesis is because our brain has the natural tendency uh, of, you know, trying to be coherent with what we've said. So if we've said something, uh, somehow we see the world a bit differently. We see it shaded in the way what we said. So if we don't write down, going black and white here, the outcome of the experiment is always what we expected. So basically, either it works and people say, see, I told you, mm -hmm. or it doesn't work and people say, yeah, I actually already had some doubts in the beginning. Not true. Okay? It's just our brain. So if we want to learn, we have to write what we think before we do the experiment. Uh, then after, equally important to write down, uh, because reflecting is not as easy as it sounds. So really writing down what happened, what did we learn, adds tremendous value to a step. Uh, 
Uh, and by, by the way, on a side note, this is a question you can add immediately to any meeting you do. So somebody presents their step, and rather than saying, okay, so did it work concurrent relations? You ask, no matter if it failed or worked, so what did you learn? Yeah. And that will upgrade the level of conversation immediately. So basically that's the experimenting record, square sheet of paper, line in the middle. What did you think before? What's your plan? What did really happen? What did you learn? And then of course, next each, each, what's that? Each, um, each row, is one experiment, okay? So then from your learning, you start your next row with the next experiment. Thank you, that's that's helpful. And I wanna switch and kind of go back to the difference between experimenting and, and implementing again. Um, you know, we do a lot of pilot projects um, across our system trying to address many different challenges. Um, and oftentimes we'll start with a small unit or, or one clinic, try something there. And then if it worked, if, if if it got the desired result, we will scale it um, and try to move it to you know a whole hospital or or more a different hospital, multiple hospitals, different clinics. Um, and I feel like we often don't go back and see if it worked once we scaled it. We just assume it did because it worked at the small unit. Um, why? Why is it important to to reassess, I guess, at that point? Because uh, because oftentimes I, I found with some of the things we've worked on um, that what worked at one facility doesn't work at another for various reasons. Yeah, so. Some people say I often say every step is an experiment. That's the short answer mm -hmm. to your question. Every step is an experiment. You don't know what will happen and a scaling is a new step. Okay, so why should what worked at the small unit work on the big unit? And because the obstacles are different, people are different. Okay, so the whole circumstance, the time has moved on, the world is different. So why should the solution from yesterday fit to the obstacles we have today? Okay, um, now some people struggle with that sentence. Every step is an experiment. Um, they say, well, but sometimes we just implement. No, even if you think you implement, it's always an experiment, right? Um, Nature doesn't care what you think or believe. It just follows the physical laws. So the best way to kind of find out what real or, or to come a bit closer in our understanding of what reality is like, which we will never fully grasp, is just to have this kind of attitude and mindset or posture, you could say that, hey, yes, I think this is the right thing to do. Let's see what really happens. So be open for that. This is what we intend to do. That's probably a good word here. Uh, I intend to do this. I expect that to happen. Now let's see what reality tells me. Okay. And that said, I, I, it means that of course having taking your experience from the small unit and making it the foundation of your scaling plan is totally okay combined with that mindset that you say, okay, this gives us a rough sketch now. Now this worked in this small unit. Uh, basically we would like to have a similar outcome, what the, how the team is working now in this bigger scale. So this gives me the vision. Um, this is how we approach it in the small unit. I'll start doing it the same way because I don't know any better in the big unit. And the difference is not on the paper. The difference is in your brain where you say, hey, this is how I start. And I fully understand it's an experiment, and I'll just I'll just adapt on the go. 
Yeah. No, I mean, it certainly is a different mindset. I, you know, a lot of the experiments we do, the pilots we do, um, and projects that we focus on, they take months and months of planning, which uh, hopefully we can talk about why is it important to experiment quickly. But um, months and months of planning go into these projects. And so to if if it worked at one place, you know, it's almost like the 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 project and the mindset and the initial rigor that went into the initial pilot and and all of the data that was collected from there, um, that the momentum only lasts for so long. And so after after several months, it's um, almost this. We have to do this. Uh, this has to work because we've put so much time into it. We can't scrap it. Almost like a um, you know a sunk costs <laughs> almost that, that we have to continue. And I, you know, sometimes the the reaction is okay. So then we don't need plans. I don't think that that's not the point. So the plan you do the plan because this gives you a rough outline. Um, the misconception is that we think once we've done the plan, we can drop it and implement it. And it will go according to plan. That's the misconception. So basically, it's more like seeing the plan as you know, this con these, these pearl chain of things we want to achieve. Do we know how to achieve them yet? No, because now the unit is bigger. The circumstances are different. So the good, the, the, the better question is probably, okay, we have the plan. How do we make the plan work? Because we know a lot of things are going to go different than we expected. But how can we stay on track? How can we, you know, experiment against these obstacles if the plan is describing the vision we have for this endeavor we're on and then inevitably uh, the the experiment and the data resulting from the experiment should adjust your plan correct you know i was a physics major in college and i uh, had a my thesis experiment was on uh, ballistically launching seeds from plants uh, and it was the hypothesis was that plants release these seeds with an optimal spin so that they go the furthest so that they can you know evolutionary evol evolutionarily they would have the, the greatest chance of, of having more offspring that was my experiment and so i glued tiny seeds to this little pole and shot them with different spins in a lab um, and once and I would say that the greatest amount of time was in actually the setup of the experiment. It took me months and months to get that right. And then once I and I would I would run experiments even before the setup was right and get the data back and look at the data and realize it was no good and have to adjust my setup. And then at the very end, I finally got the data that was correct. And the actual experiment only lasted a minute. But um it was the months and months of back and forth of getting bad data, revising the plan for how to uh, do the experiment and then and then going forward. And sorry to all the listeners that had to relive my my college experience of shooting seeds. You can read the thesis paper if you would like. I will send it to you. It's very, very dry. Well, look, uh, Jake, I think you're making a good point. That might be another important distinction. Uh, when I'm listening to you, I'm hearing experiment as the final experiment you were doing which was okay this analysis of of how did the, the plants shoot these seeds okay now 
in my thinking, you did a lot of experiments before that because oh. you had a hypothesis. You gathered some data and said, okay, this is going to be the data I need. You got the data and you found out, oh, this is crap. It doesn't work. So then what's your next experiment? Okay, I'm going to go to this facility and talk with them because they are the experts. You went there. It's an experiment, right? Every step is an experiment. And so we should not only think of this final, of the, you could say, of the rocket launch as the experiment. That's, that's the final step. That's actually the, the goal we want to reach. We want to launch the rocket. Um, that's not the experiment, because if that is the experiment, that's interesting, right? If you really think about the rocket launch, right? Um, so you, people could say, you cannot experiment the rocket launch. You cannot test the rocket launch before you launch the rocket, right? Uh, yeah, this is the final step. The experiments have to be before that. Uh, the experiments of the with the feedback loops where you learn. So that's what I hear from your thesis. Yeah. I think it's a good good point. Yeah. So you're going, you know, talking through the book about experimenting quickly. Um, tell talk to us a little bit about that. You know, it seems like we spend a lot of time planning um, months and months and months before we do an experiment. You know, what's yeah, it's yeah. Sure. Um, sorry for interrupting you. Um, that is a very common obstacle we have in organizations. Uh, people say, well, in our field of business, we cannot experiment. It's simply not possible to risky regulations, whatever. Uh, or And or they say, and especially we cannot do fast and small experiments because we often talk about fast and small experiments. Um, and it's it's kind of a, a, you could say a catch-22, right? The, the higher the risk is, the faster and smaller you would experiments want to be, correct? The higher the risk, the smaller. I mean, you know, you have this huge unknown zone before you. So right. how, how big would your leap of faith be? Well, this depends on how risky it is, right? If it's super risky, you say, oh, I, I will go small, but then I have to go fast. Otherwise, I'll never I'll never get there. So that's a bit catch-22, okay? Risk is high, but now we can't experiment. So here's a couple of things um, to break this down and get to smaller experiments. So very often, uh, because people are in this implementation mindset, when we talk about the next step, the next experiment, it's actually not one step, but it's rather 10 steps. Okay. Uh, so let me give you an example. So let's say you want to uh, change a software mask. Okay. So and then the manager, the coach asks, okay, so when can we go and see what you've learned? And then the person in the mind starts calculating, say, okay, I need to do this. I need to work with the software supplier. I need to do this. We need to, yeah, at least four to six weeks, correct? Um, and then we can see something. Ah, basically, what is happening here, there's a lot of steps. Well, first of all, we need to define the requirements for this mask. Then we need to define how it should look like. Then we need to talk to the software supplier. When can they do it? Then they might want to understand from us what exactly is it you need. They might need to provide a test environment. So basically, you see, there's, there's 10, 20 steps. Each is building on this initial hypothesis, we need this different software mask. So going with fast experiments would be really going from step to step here uh, and that would be in the skill of the coach to make sure hey we're not taking a leap of 10 steps um another one a typical one that leads to this this um statement we can't experiment fast is that people say our experiments just take longer okay so we need to gather 
maybe in healthcare. Okay, so we're trying something and we need uh, for this medication to understand it, we at least need six months, you know, of data gathering. Let's, let's take that one. Um, so I think this is where question number five of the coaching cata comes into play. And that's maybe the most underrated question, I think. So how quickly can we go and see what we've learned from taking that step? Because if you read this question with an implementation mindset, and some coaches then flip the question and say, so when will you be done? That's the implementation mindset. That's not at all the intention of the question. So the question is, how quickly can we go and see what we have learned? And I'd rather like to say, how quickly can we go and see what we are learning? Okay, so imagine this data gathering for six months. Um, we might find out after 24 hours that the way we thought we can gather this data is not working. So instead of meeting implementation mindset, okay, when will you be done? Yeah, I will have the data analysis in six months. Okay, ready. Let's meet in six months. To only then to find out that it didn't work compared to how quickly can we go and see what we've learning? When is reality poking back the first time when we poke it? Uh, tomorrow, because I'm going to send out this query. We meet tomorrow and the improver says, yeah, it didn't work because people can't handle this query with their software or whatever. OK, um, then another one is you're waiting on others for this experiment mm -hmm. makes it very long. OK, um, this is sometimes the case, uh, especially at the end of removing an obstacle. You want to you know, put this in place for good now. Um, there's a couple of things the coach can still focus on. It's prepare to delegate. So often we there's a lot of steps necessary before we can give the task to this external person or this other department we're waiting for. So make sure they exactly know what the task is, uh, communicate properly, prepare for that. Um, then rather than dropping and forgetting because they're working on it for four weeks, we could follow up. So when do they plan? What are their internal milestones? Are we on track or are we learning after four weeks? Oh, sorry, uh, we got distracted with different priorities. Um, and then another one is when it comes back, and I've, I've had that often. So imagine you have this new fixture or something um, and then you are waiting for it desperately for six weeks and then it comes and the coach says, oh hey it's here what did you learn um yeah now we have to plan how to test it and you go like what we've been sitting around for six weeks for waiting for this thing and we haven't thought about what are we going to do one hour after it arrives you don't tell me this now okay um so basically to to summarize that and wrap it up it's um, if we believe that experimenting is important for our teams to deal with all these changes in the world, uh, this is a management challenge. How can you provide a system and environment? And this is not flip the switch. How can you provide an, a system and environment where it is safe and possible for you people to experiment? Uh, this is something we have to work on. I'm not saying you can just say we want to experiment and then everybody can do it. Yeah. No, that that was very helpful. And, you know, we're wrapping up the episode, you know, at, I know you're uh, in Germany and, and drawn towards the end of your day. Uh, but uh, as we're wrapping up the, you know, the four step improvement caught up uh, series. How do we know when we're done? How do you know when the experiments are? Or I guess uh, you've reached your challenge and you're launching that rocket. How do you know when you've made it to the end? 
Well, so the end is sometimes far away. So that's maybe not a good measurement. I mean, in the end, of course, we want to reach the mountaintop. We want to reach a locket. That's fine. Uh, so, but how, I think the more difficult question is, how do you know on the way you're making progress? Uh, so this is, for example, where the target condition comes into place. Are we reaching our target conditions? Okay, so there's the longer term challenge. Uh, yes, we want to reach that. And once you've reached it, okay, now we're here. Then before that, we have the target conditions. How far are we away from our next target condition? Are we reaching our consecutive target conditions? Then below that would be, well, are we removing obstacles? Okay. Mm. And and then if you look on the whole system, then you really want to do this kind of the switch from implementation mindset to experimenting mindset. Uh, I'm I'm just suggesting here. Maybe your KPI, your key performance indicator, could be the number of experiments your team runs every day. So how many experiments are we doing per day? Yeah. And, and that, that should get more because, you know, that will be an indication if telling you if we're getting closer to the challenge. No experiments, no progress. We're just implementing and trying stuff out. No, that, thank you. That was very helpful. Um, and thank you, everybody, for listening to another episode of Connecting the Dots. Remember, if you follow the link in the show notes, you can redeem this episode for CME credit. Did Tilo spark your curiosity today? You're invited to learn more about Kata by joining the KataCon 9 Summit in 2023. This is where Lean Frontiers has gathered some of the world's most experienced Kata practitioners. We're not just describing presenters, we're describing you as well. So come connect with the Kata community, learn from each other, share your own experiences, and leave with new ways to help you and your organization develop your workforce. March 14th and 15th in Jekyll Island, Georgia. To learn more, visit leanfrontiers.com slash katacon9.